disappointing, but it's too much. People come in week after week, and my brother reminded me the other day, we're kind of in between series. We're going to do a series, we're going to do it soon called, So You Say You Want to Grow, huh? That's on pause because my brother brought to my attention that on occasion, People are trusting their salvation to a flimsy prayer that they said years ago that really nothing happened. So we, I said, you know, and I love this guy. He's my friend, and he's counsel. And I said, you know what? We're going to drill that thing home. We're going to do born-again message for the next two months or something. Amen? And you know what Spurgeon said one time? He said this. He's, somebody asked him, when are you going to just, I don't know if it was a girl or not, but she gets home. When are you going to do something besides preach that old born-again message? Because when you're born again, I'll preach something different. Amen. So that's what we're going to do tonight. Because you know what? The title of the message is, If You Are What You Were, Then You Ain't. Right? So your life should reflect the change. On May 1st, 1993, Lynn and I gave our lives to Jesus, and we've been perfect ever since. We have failed. We have crawled. We've got up, got back down, got up, got back down, left, came back. But you know what? Through it all, he was faithful. He saw it all anyway. It's all about him anyway. So there had to be a lifestyle change. In fact, I'm going to read you a quote by the Prince of Preachers is, who? Don't you dare say Barry. I'll come right off this stage directly and whoop somebody. Barry is employee of the month. No, he's not, Candy. He is runner-up. Okay, so... Let me see if I can bring this up. I don't like using my phone very often because um, on stuff like this because it's just a mess. But I got right to it. You ready? Listen up. Okay, what's up? Here we go. You ready? This is Spurgeon. Beware, I pray thee, of presuming that thou art saved. If thy heart be renewed, if thou shalt hate the things that thou didst once love, and love the things that thou did once hate, if he has really repented, if there have been a thorough change of mind in thee, if thou be born again, then thou hast reason to rejoice. But if there was no vital change, no inward godliness, if there no be no love to God, no prayer, no work of the Holy Spirit, then thy saying, I am saved, is but thine own assertion, and may delude but will not deliver thee. How about that? Now, in today's English, you figure it out. But it's a great quote. I think if you boiled it down, it's right there. If you are what you were, you ain't. If you don't hate the things you once loved or beginning to hate, I hate it. Read chapter 7 of Romans. Talk all about it. I hate it. Why do I do it? I hate it. But if you're just going along and I, you have no, uh, you may not be saved. You check yourself, right? Just check yourself. Everybody in here. Then we're going to edify the saints. Amen? Something Turn your Bibles. John chapter 3. You guys like Teslas? Teslas. Well, I think they're weak. I want some horsepower, man, but they're pretty fast. I'll tell you that. They are, right? Until the battery runs out, okay, leave the Tesla jokes alone. But for the sake of the illustration, do you like Teslas? Our buddy had one. Yeah, no. this Tesla was really cool. I mean, it would do, it was back in 2011. At that time, it was kind of beta technology, which means, I guess, it's, you know, coming out. and It wasn't perfected yet. But he had this car, and it was pretty sick. And he would pull it into his garage at night, and it would download stuff. 
onto the car. He connected to the Wi-Fi. I guess, anybody have Wi-Fi in 2011? Of course you do, Chris. Anyway, he pulled this car, and he came out. We're painting in this house. You know, we're painters over here. We're not paid faster. I like to throw that out because it needs tool. Anyway, so he pulled this car into the garage, and uh, it did whatever smart people made it do. And uh, he came in. He was really exceptionally angry one day. I'm like, why? Why? What's so mad? What's the problem? He goes, I pulled my car into the garage. I connected to the Wi-Fi, and it completely wiped out everything. It's a brand new deal. I can't tell where the gas thing is. I can't tell where the speedometer is. I don't know how to turn the thing on. And it happened. I had no clue it was going to happen. Some of you are going, you see, what happens was they had decided there was a faulty or an upgraded operating system that they needed to downgrade or upgrade onto the car. You know, when you say yes to Jesus, we're born in a fallen age, right? We're born with this, we're separated from God when we're born from our father's sin, Adam. Right? So we have a faulty operating system. That when you're born again, gets replaced with a brand new operating system called the Holy Spirit. How about that? And then you have the rest of your life to kind of figure, oh, wow, where's the guy? Where's the guy's guy? You kind of figure it out as you go. Paul says to work out your salvation with fear and trembling. because God is in you willing to do his good work. It's God in you. So if your God want to button, if the want to button had been pushed, I wanted you to step on. Not to get to the Lord, but because the Lord got to me. I, I, I want to do it because he got to me. You see, he changed my heart. I know I'm going to heaven. I know I'm, now I'm just hot. Uh, but you know what? I wonder if God flicked that switch on. He's beginning to down me. He's installed his system into you. Now you want to do what pleases him. And you hate to do what not pleases him. Yeah. You get that? So Nicodemus was a good guy. You know, he was a teacher, part of the Sanhedrin. The Sanhedrin were kind of a ruling council in Jerusalem at the time. His Jews. Uh, and he was also a Pharisee. He knew the word better than anybody in here. Anybody. You know, he, he was a good man. Some people say he was like one of the three most richest men in Jerusalem. Had more money than anyone. But I think. So anyway. The Bible says right here, turn your Bibles. At the end of chapter 2, I like kind of setting it up there. Because at the end of chapter 2 in John, Jesus had already done these miracles and all the stuff's going on. The beginning of the wedding at Cana has happened. All this cool stuff is beginning to happen. Jesus, his ministry has begun. And at the end of this, end of chapter 2, I've never really read it like this until I started studying for this message. At the end of chapter 2, in verse 23, this is recorded by the Apostle John. Because of the miraculous signs Jesus did in Jerusalem, in the Passover celebration, many began to trust in him. Now watch this. But Jesus didn't trust them because he knew human nature. No one needed to tell him what mankind was really like. So here it are, uh, is uh, everybody's believed. They want what's on the master's table. They're not so much interested in the master, but they want they want to see them here. Wow us again, Jesus. Do some cool stuff. Amen? Do, just do it all. But Jesus is going as they extend to him, going, I ain't having any of it. You see, you need a new heart before we connect. You need a new operating system before we can operate together. Right now, you're on the outside looking inside. 
And, and the, the Bible says you are dead in your sins. Ephesians chapter 1. The Bible talks about you can't kick a dead horse. It takes God to wake you up. So Jesus is saying, I ain't having any of it. I don't want anything to do with you because I know what then. And then, now watch this. And there should be a conjunctive. There was no numbers at that time. So after he says this, he knows what's in the heart of a man, all the stuff. There should be right here. But there was a man named Nicodemus, a Jewish religious leader who was a Pharisee. Now here's the thing. When you want to know God, the Bible says every man's been given a measure of faith. Every man. And you get, oh, I'm just so worried about Botswana. What am I going to do about the guy in Botswana? I've never heard of Jesus. Don't you worry for a second. God knows his heart. You see, man looks at the outer. God looks at the inner. If you want to know God or he wants to know God, he'll send a missionary. Our friend, our pastor in India, got saved because the man Jesus came to him in a dream. Don't you worry. God has this under control. Well, the cool thing about Nicodemus, God knew his heart. He's looking at him going, he just, he just wants to know. He just wants to know. I'm going to make it happen. Watch what happens because I think it's really cool just the way he set this all up for us. After dark, one evening, he came to speak with Jesus. Well, you guys going, I've heard this a thousand times. I'm going to hear it a thousand more. How about that? You know? Um, I remember when we got saved, I was so excited that God forgave me. I, I couldn't believe it. And I would go through, is that covered? What about that covered? I'm not here. I don't hear it. But I remember when that cock rode three times. <laughs> you see, it was September 18, 1993. You know how I knew that? My son was born that day. Now, I got saved May, June, July. How many is that? Six? Thank you. Went to Zoom along with Barry. I remember going out with Sherwood Williams. They were going to take us out, show us how to golf. Now, Barry and I had been swinging some pretty mean sticks. And they came out, and they had the big cell phone. You remember, you looked like a suitcase hanging off your thing? And they had the docker pants and the cool-looking shirts. And Barry and I said, man, we ain't got time to change. This is where our lights. And we put the beat down. Oh, wow, 300 yards, Barry, right down the middle. Here, let me chip that on. Like, you got to well, well, it was so much fun. We said, let's go out and celebrate. See, now, it's been a while since I've been out having that kind of fun. I think no, I could do it one time because it's been a while. I've been a pretty good boy to do the right thing. Well, let's go out and let those guys entertain us. Well, Lynn decided to go into labor. Okay? Now, I've already been this through two times because I'm a pro. This is my third kid. And I've already been through the false labor and all this stuff. But I remember having dinner. And uh, one of the fellas asked me a question. What you think about going to Jesus in the night? Who are you in the light? It was a little question. Who are you at your job? Who are you at your work? Who are you when it's just you and him? You know, characters are defined by who you are when nobody is looking. Anyway, we're in this that I really shouldn't have been in at that time at all. And somebody asked me, hey, I heard you guys are getting real religious. Oh, I don't know what you heard, dude. Not really. Because right now I'm being torn by the world. I'm beginning to love the things in the world again. Right? So I kind of had to, well, I, I, I do go to church every now and again. You know. You see, I was kind of ashamed of Jesus. 
Jesus said, you know what, you're ashamed of me before men, I'll be ashamed of you before the Father. How about that? I'll tell you that. I didn't know that because, you see, I hadn't been plugging into the, uh, the Wi-Fi system. I hadn't had thoroughly been downloaded. Now I know now because I've been transformed. The renewing of my mind, I know that now, right? So I was like, oh, man, you know. And then I found out that it was not false labor, and then I missed the delivery because I had to go get a sandwich because I wasn't feeling I think I had the flu that next morning. Okay, Reagan, you stabbed Pete. Who are you? He survived twice, okay, he survived. Anyway, this Nicodemus, you see, you see, he, he was ashamed of Jesus. He knew there was something about this Jesus because the Spirit was beginning to convict him, but he certainly wasn't going to go to him today. He decided, I go under the cover of night. You know people like that? Have you been like that? Are you still like that? You know, when you're with this crowd, you're with this crowd, you know your family. They know you because they're always at that church on Saturdays and Wednesdays. They're always doing, oh, you know, it's church stuff, you know. Is that you? Then you're doing the same thing Nicodemus did. You're going at night. You know what? They let your light shine but before men. Let it shine. You know, we can have fun for Pete's sake. We ought to have the moat. I always use Pete. How about Joshua's sake? We ought to have some fun. Right? We should have the most fun. We know God. We know we're on our way to heaven. We know we've been forgiven. All the things we've ever done, doing, and will do. We know that we should have that joy unspeakable. Shouldn't we? Do we? Well, it's just so great to be on the way to heaven. You see, I was a real loser. Jesus forgave me. Ain't it great? It's not that funny when it really happens, but it's kind of funny in parody, isn't it? It's terrible. We, we ought to be skipping for joy because we know the Lord. I knew a fellow one time. I'm going to get into that in a minute. Let's hit pause on that. Remember, I knew a fellow one time. After dark, we don't want to be like that, right? Rabbi. Billy, I'm surprised at you. You know, the Holy Ghost is welcome to any interruptions he ever wants to do here. Amen. Especially, we all know that God has sent you to teach us. Your miraculous signs are evidence that God is with you. You see, that's truth, yes? You see, he almost had it right, but he didn't realize at that point, he will later, the truth is standing right before you. The truth is a person. His name is Jesus, and he's standing before you. You can get it all right, but if you don't get that right, you're not born again, and you're going to get it all wrong. But Jesus replied, the cool thing, I like this. I, you know, my in-laws were from the East Coast. Now, in the Midwest, we kind of, we kind of slow things and kind of prep them a little bit. You hear Barry talking about Kentucky's even slower than up here. And you got to have this whole thing about getting to the point. After hearing this, Jesus said, if you're not, watch this. Nicodemus is probably going to go, I just can't wait to dialogue with Jesus. We're going to have a great conversation. Probably get some uh, coffee and stuff and just talk on that one. But Jesus says, you know what? Watch this. Jesus replied, after Nicodemus said, we know that you're a teacher. You know you've been sent to teach us. We know all these things. But Jesus, you know, I'm not hearing any of it. I'll tell you the truth. 
unless you are born again, you cannot see the kingdom of God. He probably went, why not just kind of change everything, Jesus? I'm a teacher. I'm smart. You know, Nicodemus means feet. What's Nicodemus mean? Good job, Pete. I was testing you. Way to be weak. Because I didn't, I actually had to look it up from a message. Nicodemus? Conqueror. You know, he was like a, he would have been like a Goliath intellectually. I mean, nobody could have stood up to Nicodemus. Nobody. This was Nicodemus. He taught people. He was money. And I say it like this. It says, we came to you. It says, we sent you. Or I came because I think it's probably like that. Who wants to go and talk to Jesus? Syndicate means he's smart. Here you go. Mm-hmm. You ever do that? Who, Who wants to go talk to dad? dad? Well, I'd say, say you, you, you go, Trina. You're the youngest. He probably won't beat you. Why don't you go? All right? So they sent Nicodemus because he had the pedigree. He watched this. We're going to show that Jesus something. How'd that work out? Unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of God with authority because he was God. But Nicodemus, can you get these stage lights, man? I have a tough time seeing this. Unless it glares off my head and bothers you guys. Oh. Okay. Is it bright for you guys? I tell you the truth. Another version says, verily, verily means like, hey, homeboy, pay attention. I'm about to tell you something that matters. Shut up. Stop thinking. You know, most people... Ask you a question because they want to hear their own voice. <laughs> Most people uh, listen to respond. Hurry up. Hurry up. I'm going to tell you something. Jesus is saying, verily, verily, I'm telling you, unless you're born again, you will not see the kingdom of God. Nothing else matters except for that. That's the question you got to answer. The question we all have to answer, right? Or statement. What do you mean? He's telling Nicodemus. How could an old man go back into his mother's womb and be born again? Jesus replied, I assure you, verily, verily, no one can enter the kingdom of God without being born of water and the Spirit. Now watch this. This, in studying for this at Ecclesia Church, I remember going, I've always wrestled with that, born of water and the Spirit. I've heard different teachings. I've heard, um, obviously, you have to have the physical birth with the breaking of the water and obviously the Spirit. But as I studied a little deeper, and, and I found this uh, teaching, and I was like, I think, and then it goes back to the end of the original uh, vernacular. Watch this, and watch how it changes. I assure you, no one can be into the kingdom of God without being born of water, even the Spirit. That changes everything? Now, we know, because it doesn't mean you have to be water baptized, because that would conflict with the rest of the teaching of the Scripture. Scripture can't contradict each other. So it can't mean you got to be baptized you're going to hell. We talked about that a couple weeks ago, remember? So even the Spirit makes way more sense, don't you think? Humans can reproduce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Let me read that again. But the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Human can only produce only human life, but the Holy Spirit gives birth to spiritual life. Jesus is saying, even if, first of all, it's bizarre you even think that. Even if you could, you'd still be born again and you're still in the flesh. Flesh can't please God. 
They can't please God. It's an enmity between flesh and the spirit. So even if it were somehow possible to honey, I shrank Nicodemus and he somehow worked it out, even if you birthed again, you would still be left with the problem of your sin nature that hasn't dealt with. That's the problem. Flesh gives birth to flesh, and flesh is enemy of God. It just doesn't work, right? There ain't going to be no flesh in heaven, by the way. It's going to be new flesh, new body, uncorruptible. How about that? It's going to be great. It's going to have hair. I'm going to have a tan. All these funky spots that I don't have to get burned off like you, Pete, going to be gone. It's going to be great. Though outwardly I'm wasting away, inwardly I'm being renewed daily. I'm reminded all of the time. Our sister Sarah. Now, she's in spirit with Jesus, but one day at the resurrection of that, she'll be reunited with a brand new body that doesn't need a wheelchair anymore. It's going to be great, isn't it? And she'll be dancing and running with Jesus to be absent from the body, to be present with the Lord. One day she'll be reconnected to a brand new body as we all meet the Lord in the sky. Amen. Here, there, or in the air, we will see her again. It's going to be great, right? Isn't it going to be great? But not unless you're born again. If you're not born again, not going to happen. That's a question we need to ask. So we're going to get into that. We're already into it. Okay. You ever try to talk about to people like him? So Jesus is trying to get him to shift gears. I want to talk to you about spiritual things. And you're being a teacher. You don't get this? You ever talk to somebody like, hey, man, how's your walk? Oh, I've been walking like, did like 26, 2K. I've been like a 13, 1 deal. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your walk with Jesus. How is it? Walking with Jesus? What do you... It's foolishness to those that are perishing. They don't get it spiritually discerned. They don't understand what you're talking about. That's what's going on with Nicodemus. And later on, when the next chapter, when he's talking about the woman at the well, she's talking about water. Jesus is talking about living water. I'm not talking about water. This is great water. But if you don't get thirsty again, right? Very refreshing. Not as refreshing as Jesus, I might add. Don't be surprised when I say you must be born again. The wind blows wherever it wants, just as you hear the wind but can't tell where it comes from or where it is going, so you can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. You know, We had some people a couple weeks ago get saved. Haven't seen them since. Haven't heard from them. Eventually time will tell. If they've truly been born again, they'll find their way back here or someplace else. They'll find their way back. It's not my job. It's not Pete's job. One plants, one waters. God brings the increase, right? To me, it's read the parable of disease. What percentage fell on the ground and brought forth a harvest? One out of four. I, mean, I don't even know what that means. I mean, Jesus isn't about what this twenty-six percent. I don't know, but you know what? It's a fraction. We just keep casting the bread upon the water, right? We keep spreading the good seed, and God brings the increase. But it breaks my heart, and I think it breaks the Lord's too, when they're so close in position, and they actually understand, they put it here, and then there's no fruit. Nothing happened to that room if we don't see it anymore. Not our job to judge, but if they are what they were, and they were a hot mess, and they didn't get saved a couple weeks ago, 
wasn't because they didn't hear the gospel, it's because they didn't respond to the gospel. And a flimsy prayer isn't going to save them. It's not going to save them. If they are what they were, well, time will tell. You hear a story about the two kids arguing over a little bitty sapling tree? Man, they're going at it. They're going at it. It's an apple tree. I'm telling you, it's a pear tree. It's an apple tree. It's a pear tree. Well, this old fellow had been around for a while said, boys, stop your arguing. Time will tell. Right? Time will tell. We did our job. But I haven't seen them since. I hate that about to me, that's um, makes you want to quit. <laughs> it, it does. Am I right? I mean, we can't because Paul says, "What do you mean? Don't preach the gospel." <laughs> I can't. This is what we do. But sometimes, dang it, it gets frustrating when you see your friends spin out. And it's like you're leaving Jesus. How can later on, John says that they left us. They weren't with us to begin with. And he didn't run behind them. He said, "You want to go too?" Get, get the road. road. Get break. Hey, great, great way, way to build a church. Hey, get, get lost. <laughs> Not, Not like we do now. Get a fog machine. Let's get them in like that. How about a helicopter? Drop the eggs off. Jesus never did that. He said, if you don't want to follow me, get lost. I don't want you around anyway. Because you're going to desert me when things get bad anyway. Right? I'd rather have like this church of 300. Okay, 50, 60, whatever, that love Jesus, that understand what a mess they are, how weak they are, but when you're weak, you admit that he's strong, and when you admit he's strong, you get, you know, I'd rather have that and just limp on home with Jesus than to be setting the world on fire with 2,000 fake or false conversions. Because you see, if you are what you were, then you ain't. Nothing's going on. You show up to church once in a while. I just, I just love it, you know. And the cool thing is I get out of here in time to see my football game. I'd say, I mean, I don't really heart when we got to measure heart. God's measuring your heart right now. He knows who's or his. I think everybody in here is his. Isn't it great? And it's great. I mean, you're screwed up, you're screwed up, you're screwed up. Big screw up over here. Big screw up. I'm going to get that clear. Right here. Big screw up every year. You, you, Delphi. I don't know if you're hot mess. You do. You're right. But Jesus said, I don't really care because they're mine. You see, he's our advocate. You know, you know the, the difference between what an advocate actually is? They'll stand before the judge, and they'll say, and it'll, it'll come down. Randy Abbott, loser, murderer, adulterer, thief, liar, cheat, scoundrel, unfaithful. And Jesus say, yes, he is. You're right, but he's mine. That's an advocate. Amen. I'm all those things and more. I'm that guy. But you know what? The whole thing about being born again is not to be sinless. It's to sin less. It's two different things. Split the word up. I'm going to sin, but I guarantee you what? You think I'm sinning now? You should have seen me last week. Five years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago, you see me then. You see, he's transforming me by the renewing of my mind. I'm pulling my spiritual Tesla in the garage, and I'm downloading his word and his operating system, and I'm getting better. Stop yawning, Reagan. I saw that. I told look at Reagan and say, don't do that, Reagan. That's good. She does it to Leah all the time. I figured we call her out. It's great, isn't it? We can do that at Misfits Church. Everybody just calm down and relax. It's all accountability. And we love her. You know, uh, it, it says, this one, I love this, 
You can't tell where it comes from or where it's going. You can't explain how people are born of the Spirit. You can't. It's a God thing. I don't get how he does. When you build your own universe and all that, you can figure out the parameters of the rule. I don't know. He just says that's how it is, and it's good to explain to the Trinity to somebody. Good luck. Good luck to you. You know, in our yard, we have tons of trees and limbs constantly making me tear down the ones that are dying. But you can always see the wind. You can see the results of the wind because it'll knock branches over. I hate it. I just want to punch at it right in the nose when I see all the weeds popping up and the moles destroying stuff. I want to go over to Adam. Everybody blames Eve. No, it was Adam because he should have been on point going, what are you doing, girl? He was over there kicking and reading watching ESPN probably. If he'd have been doing what he should have been doing, she wouldn't have been doing what she should have been doing. So I think about him every time I come out. I'm like, dang, sticks in the yard. And I'm over there. Link goes, why can't you relax? I can't. This is the Lord said I have to work by this one of my brow. And I, and, I, and I think about Adam, I'm going to ping, dude, when I see him, I want to hug him, and thanks, Adam, but you got it wrong, but second Adam got it all right, see? Second Adam got it all right, he got it right, Adam, you blew it, second Adam got it right, second Adam being Jesus, right? So I think about that sometimes, and I think, if you've been born again, and the Holy Spirit has blown life into you, there ought to be results. There ought to be more love in your life. There ought to be more joy. There ought to be more peace. There ought, all the fruits of the Spirit should be more joy. Long stuff. Did I hear yawn over there? She's pregnant. It's okay. Going to give you a pass. But see, that's what he's saying here. You can't tell where it comes from, but you should see the results. Again, what's the saying? If you are what you were, and you ain't. Brothers, look at your brothers and sisters and I'll say, if you are what you were, you ain't. And some of you are going, but I was with you the whole time. You're certainly not that idiot. So you must be saved because nobody could have wrought the changes in you that that happened. Nobody could have done it. I knew a fellow one time. Here it is, Buzzy. Here it is. Everybody say, hi, Buzzy. You're welcome here. Say, we've been waiting a long time for you to come to this group. Well, we did this job. And uh, Tim Donaldson, a good friend of mine, said, don't mess with Buzzy. He's honorier than the probably Pete and Josh would together back in the day. He's mean. He'll fight you. He'll, he'll, he, he, he's crabby. And I was like, oh, I can't wait. Those are my favorite kind of guys to mess with. Yeah, I'm a joint chair. Royal priesthood. You need to know who you're talking to. I'm a king son. Way go there. He, he comes, comes in, hi, I'm Buzzy, with a hand out, it felt like a saddle. Hi, Buzzy, I'm Randy, here to paint, see? Okay, we're talking, and I noticed he had some rather colorful expressions. He was a cusser, a really good one. I mean, if you're going to cuss, go for it. If you're going to follow Jesus, go for it. If you're going to jack around with it, Jesus said, go do something else. I don't need you. But if you're going to follow Jesus, follow Jesus. So anyway, we're talking. And I'm living on the edge, you see. Getting so close to death, you can almost taste it. It's like exhilarating. It's like extreme sports. And I'm talking to Buzzy, and he's talking to me. We're painting over there. We're doing all this stuff. And blah, blah, blah. And come to find out, he's a believer of Jesus. I was like, praise God. I bet he's proud of your cussing. 
I didn't, I didn't say that, that, but I was thinking it. I didn't know him well enough to speak into his life. You see, to speak into somebody's life, you ought to earn the rights. You don't just barge into somebody's life with your Bible beating on their head. You ought to get to know the person and say, hey, man, I want to share something with you. Anyway, so we liked each other. I liked him immediately. You see, I loved him because my brother. I loved you, dude. I loved you in Jesus Christ. So anyway, we're talking and uh, having a great conversation, me and Barry. And Barry's going, wow, this is great. I want to see you get very senior. Yeah, whatever. That's a whole other story, a whole other time. Anyway, I said, hey, uh, that dude out on the podcast, he saved? He said, I don't know, man. That guy had, like, heart. He could die at any second. I said, I don't know. How long you known him? He goes, I don't know, 25 years? Now, guys, stop getting real up in here. I went up to him. I said, you have known that man for 25 years and have not shared the gospel with him and you're telling me he could die at any time? Go grab your Bible. He walks back to the bedroom and brings a pink Bible out. And I don't know if it was pink or fuchsia. It was some kind of girl color. It might have been purple. But it wasn't black or brown. I was like... <laughs> Whose Bible is this? That's my wife. I go, a big tough guy like you hide behind your wife's Bible? Give me that thing. This is. And I go, I'm out of here. And I went out. I said, he goes, well, he won't want to turn the bobcat off. He's going to turn the bobcat off. It's going to happen. So I went out and said, hey, my name's Randy. Jesus loves you, baby. There's nothing you can do about it. And the funny thing is, he likes you too. I don't know what it was. He just shared Jesus. You know, when the Spirit gets holy, it's not your words anyway. It's his. You really don't know what, what he's saying. And I, I just said something, Jesus loves you, he died for you. Just share the gospel in about 60 seconds. Because you don't know if he's wanted his. Because he's wanted his, God does the work for you. It's his work, not yours. You're just a little pawn in his game. Anyway, I shared, man, I love you, I care about you. Uh, I'm Buzzy's friend now, Buzzy likes me. I can tell he likes me. I wanted to kill me, but I can tell he liked me. His wife, His wife wouldn't let him kill me, okay? Come back in. I walked up. That's how you do it, for the record. God, it was exhilarating. So amazing. I was almost near death. Anyway, we hit it off and left, and uh, I hugged him because I cared about you. I loved you. I told you that. And I, you know, I didn't know what God was going to do with those seeds. Not our job. Just throw them out there and let God do what God does. Well, I get a call. From, from my buddy, Timmy. Oh, you got to call me. You got to call me. You got to call him, man. This is amazing. It's about buzzing. I'm going, oh, my God. Barry probably messed something up. And, and Buzzy's on a mission to kill us. That's probably what's happening. So I called Tim. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Let me put you on my complaint department. 1-800-Barry. I said, well, hey, what's up? He goes, you remember Buzzy? Yeah, I remember Buzzy. Invite him to come to church. He goes, dude, get this. After you left, he went out and started inviting the neighborhood children to go to church with him. Now, come on now. It's getting good now. I was like, what? Are you serious? He goes, yeah. You see, that wasn't good enough. Then he went out and got a bigger explorer van. And then that wasn't good enough. Then he went out and got a, what the heck was that thing? A bus. 
And I started taking all the neighborhood kids to church to put them in position to hear the gospel. How about that? You see, he is not what he was. Well, and you were a Christian the whole time. You just need somebody to come along with some encouragement. Now, guys, we encourage each other a little bit different than women. Get it right. Christ played a lot for you to talk like that and be an idiot. Straighten up and fly right. Sometimes we need it. Am I right? Anyway, we reconnected at Ecclesia Church. I got to speak there last Sunday with this message here. It's completely different. You know, I was like, well, but you came tonight, and I'm just so tickled to see you. And I love the fact that you're part of Ecclesia Church, that they meet on Sunday, and maybe you can be part of our family too because we're connected. It's just the body of Christ, which makes it even cooler. Creekside. And send, and send some, some of the kids to the Creekside EBS. It's a cool thing because we're all on the same team. You know, it's, it's a really cool thing. But, but at this point, Nicodemus didn't know all of this. He's still, still trying to figure it all out. You're a respected Jewish teacher, and yet you don't understand these things? Because this is all laid out in the Old Testament, which... He would have known. He would have read this. The Messiah is coming. He's, He's going to set up a kingdom. It's going to headquarter in Jerusalem. And he's going to whoop down the enemy. You know what the enemy is? Sin and death. It isn't the Romans. See, Nicodemus was looking for somebody to come and whoop down the Romans. And they're going to, we're going to work. Hey, what we're going to do, Jesus, listen to me. I got this. We're going to whip down the Romans. They're going to free us from this occupation, this slavery stuff that God has sent. Jesus said, no, my kingdom is not of this world. I didn't come here for that. I came to rid the world of sin. How about that? And death. He took the stinger out. The death sting has been, woo, removed for those that are born again. When I speak of earthly things, how can you possibly believe if I tell you about me? You don't believe me in the fact. I can't talk to my neutral. In my words. And my words are in accordance with Jesus' words. So I'm going to Uganda in about five weeks with their cross. You know all the paperwork to get into there, and you can bet your bottom dollar that all of the paperwork, right? I'm not getting in. I'm not getting in. You can go there, but I. American? I, I love Jesus. You are not getting in Uganda if you don't have the correct visa, paperwork, passport, all the above, all the I. You are not getting into the kingdom of heaven if you have not got your visa from Jesus. It's not happening. More assuredly than not getting into Uganda. Now it's a pain in the neck. I hate it. I see paperwork and forms. I just I almost get sick, for real, worrying. Jesus did it all for us. We just look at the cross and be saved. You know, we're going to get in that. I'm almost done. You guys still with me? No one has ever gone to heaven and returned. But the Son of Man has come down from heaven. You think, what about Enoch and Elijah? They were taken up. Jesus ascended up. Completely a different thing, right? And as Moses lifted up the bronze snake, bronze is always a picture of judgment, on a pole in the wilderness, so the Son of Man 
must be lifted up. And you can find that in kind of these numbers 21. Read, read 21, like 8, 1 through, eight, one through 9 or something like that. It talks about, let me just, I'll paraphrase it. So the children of Israel will come out and they're seeing all this stuff and, and everything's starting to happen, except for it doesn't quite go the way that they want. They're eating manna and they actually complain about this manna. I'm sick of this old manna. And God sent fiery serpents among them and bit them and killed a bunch of them. Then he had Moses make this brass pole and put a serpent on it. And everybody that looked to that was saved. Jesus became a curse and was put on a cross for you. He actually became sin, the Bible says, for you. And all we do, it's not difficult. It's not like going through visas and Botswana and Uganda, we, we simply look at the Lord Jesus, which implicates trust. What you did for us, trust you. Care, you know, I, 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 I care about what you care about. God, forgive me of my sin. I repent. Which again means go the opposite way. And I want to go with you. And then you're saved. Come on, does it get much easier than that? For you and me, cost him everything. I just, I just really sacrificed and laid it down for Jesus. Jesus. I didn't go to the, you know, the Rams game. I mean, they're going to be gone for a while. Whatever. He, whatever. He didn't sacrifice anything like he gave up. He gave up everything. For you. For me. This, this wasn't plan B. We talked about it before. This was the plan from the beginning. Right? Is that great? Look to the cross and be saved. Some people have been looking for so long, but you've never trusted it. <laughs> I just looked up there and just... Um, me and Jesus got this good thing out of That's not what he's talking about. He's talking about forgiving, repenting of your old ways, coming to Jesus, getting on your face and saying, you know the coolest thing about, not the coolest thing, actually I struggle with it. The more that you walk with Jesus, and the reality of it is, you're living the best, cleanest life that you've ever lived, probably at this point. But you're painfully aware how far you are from perfection that is in Jesus. And you're reminded every day, or you should be, if you've been born again, that, man, you don't measure up. So it brings you back into this. It reels you into the grace. It puts you on your face. And I'm, I'm just being reeled in by this grace because I can't believe it. And I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about what you paid for me, right? He doesn't want you to think about all the stupid things you've done and the stupid things he did. It should be a reminder. Three times I pleaded with the Lord. Three times the Lord said, my grace is sufficient. You know, it actually keeps you from becoming conceited, doesn't it? That's what Paul said. To keep me from becoming conceited, I wrestle with this thing all of the time. I don't know what you wrestle with, but I know you wrestle with something. You and you. It's grace. It's this guy's grace that he allows you to wrestle with things. Otherwise, you guys would think you're cool, and you're not. And every time you wrestle with it, you're reminded how much you rely on Jesus because he got it right, so you didn't have to. But, but you, you should, should be getting, getting it righter. Is that a word? That just happened. happened. Yeah. You, you should, should be getting, getting it righter. You should, should be sinning less. Should I go and sin? It's a great shit about By no means. You should, should be dead to it. it. Right? So Nicodemus is still in this quandary. But we're almost to the good part, guys. It's only 9.30. Just relax. I will say this. It's, it's not really good. It's not really good. You know, Tesla's, when you buy them, I was just told, uh, 
that, that if you go 200 miles north, 200 miles east, 200 miles west, or south east, west, in any direction, direction you can, can find a filling station for you. Did you know that? Now, I haven't fact-checked, please. Did, no, it's too, I don't know. But the point being that you can go here, there, somewhere, and you get filled up. Did you know these are on dressers? These are on your coffee tables? I go into people's houses, and they have, like, you know, Harry Potter and, you know, self-help according to Tony Robbins. And I'm thinking, you've got the most jacked-up life I've ever seen. you got a cool house, I'll give you that. And you heathens make great customers. Amen. And it gives me a chance to share the gospel with them, too, right? But here you are with the precious word of God, and it's sandwiched between this junk that you never even picked up. And the bummer is, sometimes it's Christian. So what's, what's happening for the Christian, they're, they're operating on about a tenth of what God wants to operate. They're getting just a fraction of the Lord, love, joy, peace, self-control, kindness, long-suffering. They're just getting a fraction because they haven't gotten into the book. They haven't been renewing their minds. So they don't know what's going on. He created us. He has the owner's manual. He's given it to us, and it's sandwiched between a bunch of junk or not read at all. It's kind of like back in the day when you would throw something out there to ask if people partook in whatever you're partaking in. You understand what I'm saying? The stoners do, which is pretty much the whole church. But now we can say there ain't no high like the most high. There ain't no gospel like the gospel like the gospel. Okay. Anyway, they would say something like this. Or, uh, I promise you, or else it's true. Hey, do you partake not as much as I should? Not... Not that much, just a little social. When I ask somebody, are you reading the Word? Are you, are, you, are you going into not as much as I should? You know what that means? I'm not in it at all. I'm not reading anything. But old boy texts me a text every now and again. I get, I get a little, little devotional on my phone. It just pops up and just, it's every, you know, see? You're starving to death. You don't even know what fuel gauge is. You don't know what speedometer is. You can't find out. You don't know what's going on because... You haven't gotten in the book. You haven't gotten in the owner's manual. You haven't been pulling your spiritual test. Please, I can talk about metaphors with you guys because you're so spiritually minded. When I talk about pulling your thing into the thing, I'm talking about connecting to God through the Scripture. It's true, right? You guys get that? You get any slick by the interns one. They were really hard read. I don't play poker. But if I ever did, I'd want Will on my team. The other guy like to read, oh, it's hit home with him. He's like, I don't know, Will. You're not from Boston, are you? Okay. Did you hear about the little boy that was in Africa? He got saved? Preacher comes to him, got a Bible. Gives the boy the Bible after he'd been born again. The little boy just starts reading. And the biggest smile come over his face, he just couldn't believe it. And the preacher's talking, he goes, what's going on? He goes, we could change the world. True story. Because we can. The Word of God changes people. It transforms people. It renews people. It fixes people. It's fixing me. And I thought I was unfixable. Don't say it, Len. Let's bear there through it all. You know? And she liked me even when I didn't know Jesus. 
about, about that? Because God puts together. How about that? What God brings together that no man put asunder. But if you don't believe me when I say about earthly things, how can you believe me when I say about heavenly things? No one has ever gone, okay. Moses, okay. John 3.16. You see this on end zones? I don't think you have it on your side. You see it on end zones. You see it on bumper stickers. Probably the most well-known scripture that there is. Besides Jeremiah 29.11. I think that's probably second. This is probably first. For God so loved the world, actually, this, this is the NLT version. I don't love this version, but I like to teach out because it's so simple. For God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. Let me stop right there. By saying believe, there's a scripture that says even the demons believe. I'm not talking about You ask anybody out there, you believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah. Totally believe. Totally, I believe him. He's, he's not, not saying believe him. He's saying, do you trust him? Have you put your soul, your eternal destiny into his hands? There's so much in that word, believe. Are you different than you were? Is there fruit? Have you brought forth fruit to show thy repentance? Or are you different? That's the belief I placed on my faith. You know what? It's kind of like being poker. I'm in for like a little bit. But Jesus, I'm all in. Take everything. I'm in. That's the kind of trust you I'm in. I'm yours. I'm going to blow it. I'm going to get it wrong. I'm going to fail. I'm going to stumble. I'm going to. I know it's going to happen, but I'm all in. I trust you. I believe you. That's the kind of belief he's talking about. Not that flimsy thing. I like this. I'm going to end with this because I think it's so good. God sent the Son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. You see, the judging's coming later. There's payday someday, R.G. Lee would say. There's payday coming. So the cool thing is, on my day, or a lot of most people in here, you see, the advocate will step in after the case is brought forward and you were indicted as guilty, as charged. Jesus will say, not so fast. He or she is mine. You are free to go. So the person that has not been born again, you will pay for your own sins. And the wages of sin is death. But, don't forget the second part. What's the second part? But, but the free gift is eternal life. How about that? Is that, that great news? You, you see, see, that's the gospel. Look, look at your table and say, that's really great news. I'm glad that my sins aren't held against me anymore. It's wonderful news. Great news. If someone in here doesn't know God, and you're not sure if you've been born again, you haven't seen any changes in your life? Find somebody. If you're a woman, find Lynn, find Candy, find Trace, find somebody. 
Fine, just, just find somebody. somebody. Let's, Let's have a conversation about it. Hey, this is, this is how, how it's done. And, and the cool thing is, you can't be saved or savior. You're either saved or you're not. There's no, like, well, I want to be saved. You can't be saved. You can be more sanctified. You can be more like him. But you're either in or you're out. There's no middle ground on this thing. I know it's hard, isn't it? I think it's easier that way. It's like Hollywood did it when they used to have all these choices come in. Like, oh my gosh, they still want to do I'm walking around for hours. Let find a movie for us. Probably not something lame. But anyway, walking around, there's only one way. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father but through me, says Jesus. Right? Isn't that great? It's pretty simple. Well, what about Hinduism? That guy's dead. They're all dead. Muhammad's dead. All the others are dead. Jesus is alive. Right? And he's waiting for you. In fact, he's at the right hand of the Father praying for you right now. Isn't that great? Because we're pretty weak in our prayers. I know, we, we have some, some good prayer warriors. Praise God for prayer warriors. Being a prayer warrior, but I'm still human. His prayers are perfect. And then he's always there. He never sleeps. You know my little joke I always say, well, Jesus doesn't even get up to six. That's fine. My father never sleeps. That's just a joke. I hope he does okay. Whatever. I just tell that to Martin when he tries to get me up at 4 o'clock to go fishing. It's happening tomorrow. I'm thinking, oh, great week. I haven't slept. Because Howard Norman, the monstrous rover, I love him, man. I do. In fact, Jesus said, the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as this, right? But anyway, I'm going to land on that. If you don't know Jesus, find somebody. Find me. Get a hold of this. Make sure you're born again. Right? We have to be born again, guys. It's a good thing. Born again Christians, we're radicals. You're weirdos, too. Amen. Father God, we thank you, Lord, that the kingdom of heaven belongs to children. Lord, let us come to you like, like little children. children. For all that called upon the name of the Lord, you gave the right to become children of God. Lord. So we thank you for that truth. We thank you for the truth of the scriptures, Lord. Help us when we're weak, Lord. Lean on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Oh, oh, oh real quick, guys. Listen up. This is important. Really, really important. I Sarah Carroll's home going celebration. Write this down, because she would want you to be there for all the camp. And at, where's Jamie? Did she talk to you? Have you talked to Catfish about doing worship? Okay, I'm going to text you her number, and you, you figure it out. Because Sarah, would want, she wants you to do some songs, okay? So I'll figure it out. Okay, it's 4100 Lee Mayferry Road next Friday. I believe, I believe that's, that's the 14th. 14th. What? Say, Say again? again? Okay, okay, let me get through this. Uh, so, so doors open at 4.30, and then um, the, the, the service starts at 5.30. And then, then we'll, you know, we'll do, do, but now listen, guys. Sarah would have wanted it because we talked about it. We're, we're going to have fun. Okay? She, she went, went home to be with Jesus. Jesus. And, and she, she will, will come, come down and punch, punch you right in the face if she knows that you're crying and sniffling like a little schoolgirl. She, she said she wanted to visit the celebration because she's finally released from this body of death. It's a great thing. So, so let's, let's come in a festive mood, mood and there, there will be a gospel, gospel call. Maybe, maybe somebody could save that. that. She, she would love that. that. Wouldn't that be great? So 4100 Lee Mayfair Road, 
4.30 doors open, 5.30 service start, and we'll have some fun. Jeanette. Jeanette.